go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. Great. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> I'm Mike Sutherland. Yes. This is the Predator podcast. Uh, we'll talk about the fine film and a bunch of movie trailers that uh, just recently came out and a couple uh, news tidbits as well. So uh, why don't you take it away there? Johnny. All right. They're going to say something about the smell. I, I, I smell burning fucking plastic. What else do you want me to... Uh, yeah, it's definitely weird. But it's, you don't smell it. I don't smell shit. Maybe I'm going to have a stroke. Maybe. <laughs> well, at least it's not toast, so we're okay. So far. Yeah. All right. If you haven't heard from me in five minutes, then, you know. Strokes are scary, dude. I, I saw one happen in front of my eyes, and it, it was fucking weird. It happened to my mom. Um, <coughs> so, anyway... Um, the Predator. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. All right. So, um, you know, and all of our wonderful um, prep for everything that we do, right? Right. All right. So, from the outer reaches of space to the small town streets of suburbia, the hunt comes home. The universe's most lethal hunters are stronger, smarter, and deadlier than ever before, having genetically upgraded themselves with DNA from other species. When a boy accidentally triggers their return to Earth, only a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and an evolutionary biologist can prevent the end of the human race. That is, that 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 is the first and foremost. A boy, the boy didn't trigger their return to Earth. In the trailer, he did. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. Not, not even then. He just found whatever. I know they just made it look like he was controlling the ship with yeah, that little thing. Yeah, and then you know. Um, they kind of remind you of Iron Man 3, the little kid in Iron Man 3. Yeah. That was weird. Huh? Yeah. No, there's, I mean, if you read some of the reviews and stuff like that, there, there's a lot of, uh, not coincidences, but uh, similarities yeah. to this in Iron Man 3, like the uh, the armor at the end and stuff like that. So Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know what? Look, first off, I, I did enjoy this movie. Um, I was... I was expecting to be disappointed, and I wasn't disappointed. I was—I mean, there's a couple things here and there that I was disappointed about, but other overall, it was—I think it was a step in the right direction. Um, I think that Shane Black uh, pretty much knows, understands, you know, some of the uh, some of the important elements from the original film and implemented them here. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's why I said the word "some." <laughs> I look. I like Shane Black, and I like what he's done with a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. Like the other guys, could have been a better film. I like the interaction between the um, the soldiers in this one. Yes, I. But it, it's it's still it's the same shit over and over again, which is everybody but the fucking main characters ends up dying. Yeah, and that gets old. Like I. I I can I can get behind a couple of the characters dying. Yeah. You know, I can get behind like in the original movie, the predator was hunting them, yeah. right? And, and and they they needed to die. Yeah. And then Schwartz when Schwarzenegger was fighting the predator, you know, it was man on man type of thing. Yeah. And and that's that story arc right there works. My problem with this movie is First and foremost, you have to. If you go into this movie not seeing the other movies, just the first two movies, the, the Predator and Predator two. two, yeah, then you're not 
you're not going to get a lot of the stuff. You're not going to get the references. You're just going to, you're seeing a movie that has no back history whatsoever. It'd be like <coughs> stepping into Avengers Part 2 or Avengers Part 3. <laughs> no, because they explain what goes on. This movie doesn't explain what goes on. It, it's it, and And that's the problem with this movie. You have characters that are... You have one character that's connected to all three movies. That's Jake Busey's character, okay? You have the Predator, which is connected to all the movies. But that's it. Yeah. You don't you don't have any reference. They didn't... I mean, it would have been better if they had gone back and started off in 1987 or whatever it started. I think it was 87. Yeah. And they had a team there and... Basically, you see the helicopter lifting off. You see Schwarzenegger in the helicopter, right? Or, quote-unquote, Schwarzenegger in the helicopter. Dutch. And you see this team basically raising the area. They, they, they've coordinated off, and now they're, they're, uh, they're, they're doing research and checking all the stuff. And, and basically, they, it's a no-fly zone. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a military thing, right? Yeah. And they're, that's where they're getting all their artifacts from. And then, and then you just kind of pan through, the, that's, that's part one, and then you kind of pan through to the next one where they're doing almost the same thing with Danny Glover's character, right? Yeah. You know, and you don't even have to show that. You can talk about that. But the, the, the important thing is, is that instead of just talking about it, you show the reference to the first Predator movie where they're get, getting the artifacts, and, and then when... When they're in, when when uh, when you see uh, the scientist guys, yeah, you know, so later on in the movie, or about a third into the movie, or whatever it was, they show how they got these items. You're already aware of the fact that they did this. Yeah. Now they're going to show you how they got the other items, which is we caught these guys in whatever it was, 1999 or whatever year it was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and. Well, we didn't catch them, but we, we, we were able to harvest or we found their, we found these artifacts. And then that gives everybody a background. Yeah. You know, and you're slowly building background and slowly building character. Um, and I have to agree with some of the, some, some of the, um, uh, God, my brain just isn't working today. Negative comments. No. Reviews. Criticisms. Yeah, I have to agree with some of the criticisms that Olivia Munn was useless in this movie. She was a useless character. She was. You're right. She was. I mean, it seemed like she was just there to be a a female character who can kick ass, who can stay on her own two feet. You know. Well, I guess. I mean, she's she's a scientist who knows how to. She, she was fucking chasing that thing with a gun. I yeah. mean, you she, know, she's a scientist that knows military stuff. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> but that, fine, whatever. I mean, if you need a character like that, you need a character like that. She's a gene of all trades, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and I I liked what they did with uh, this McKenna guy. You know, I yeah. like that character. Yeah. I like the story arc that they did with him. But they should have used his wife instead of Olivia Munn. There you go. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because Yvonne Strah- Strah- Strahovski. Right. The, uh, his, you know the actress. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, she's you know I, um, she's on The Handmaid's Tale, which I did a review for, and right. she's a very good actress. So you know what? Yeah, yeah she, she was she was kind of throwaway in this movie. Yeah, know? I mean that 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 was a useless. They made her a useless character when they should have used um, when they should have used Yvonne as the main female. Yeah, you know what I I. When we, when you first start talking about the movie, 
I had an idea, a cool idea for the beginning of the film. Um, you could have, okay, you remember in Predator Part 2 where Gary Buse's character talks to Danny Clever real quick about how 10 years ago we, we interviewed a soldier who was a lone survivor of an event, right, where these things attacked, right? Right. Well, what if the movie starts with you have a DH, because, you know, we can do that with CG now, um, a DH Schwarzenegger being interviewed by a DH Gary Busey? You could, but... And then it, it cuts into the movie. It, it It's better off to show the military getting involved or, you know, whatever section they're calling, Section 8 or Section 9 or whatever the fuck the name of the the, um, the bad guys are mm-hmm. in this movie, the government. Uh, give me a second here and I will find it. Um, it doesn't really say. Uh, <clears throat> what is he? Is uh, Who is it? Is... Uh, oh, Stargazer. Okay, so Stargazer. So they show they show the government agents at the site of the original Predator crash landing in, in South America or yeah. wherever it was. <clears throat> and he's not part of that project, obviously. But that, I mean, you could actually... You could actually do the second part, which is, you know, as as Schwarzenegger is being carried away, you can de-age and do do the interview. Yeah. And as it fades to black, it, it fades into the you know. But you would have to do that and start off with Project Stargazer because if he's interviewing, well, I was going to lead into this after during the interview, and you know, Schwarzenegger says something ominous because he's still in shock from the whole thing, and and. Um, and then it, you know, cuts into Gary Busey's face, and then all of a sudden Gary Busey's face turns into Jake Busey's face, and then it cuts to now, mm. and then it's he's a scientist in the, in 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 the facility. That doesn't work. Why doesn't that work? Because because the way that this movie starts off is the predators chasing each other. Okay, then that's fine. But that 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 whole group still exists. Right, but you're doing you're you're doing a a, a movie a movie trope, which is. Bringing back and de-aging people and then morphing them into somebody that's not going to last long in the movie anyways. So instead of doing that, the better thing to do is to <clears throat> make a reference to that whole... You could still do the interview, right? And you and, and Busey shows him... Well, Busey died in that fucking movie anyways. Yes, he died in part two. So... so you you can barely reference part two anyways. You're just you you just you you're rep- you're, you're just double you're, you're you're doubling up on the same information from if you do the uh, if if you do the uh, the South America thing and then he interviews him. You don't need that. That that would be that's that's a that's a wasted scene. I like callbacks. I I, I'm just that. into certain things. I like I like connections, and <laughs> if you have Busey interviewing Schwarzenegger, but you don't need it, it. Connects both films, part one and part two, to this film. But if you do, if you if you do what what I said, which was you show them in the South in South America, mm. then you don't need the Gary Busey interview. Okay, well, fine. How about this? I want to see the Gary Busey interview with Schwarzenegger. How why? about that? But why? Because I'm that's what I'm into, man. I like certain little connections. See, as a movie fan, I, I think about, I remember specific things from movies. And so when I, if, I, if that had happened, if this scene that I'm talking about had happened in this movie that we're talking about now, that would be fucking cool because it'd be like, that's, I've, that would be something I, I would totally be down for. It's just, that, that, that's a cool thing for me because I like connections to things. I, I just went through the whole fucking South America thing. Okay. That's a connection. 
you have Schwarzenegger lifting off in a helicopter mm-hmm. and them surrounding the entire area to get all the artifacts yeah. from the original Predator. And then, and then by adding an interview, you, you don't need to add the interview. Okay, well, that's how you like it, and the other way is how I like it. But, again, but that interview wouldn't work anyways. Okay, it's fine. Fine, fine. it doesn't work, but I like it. I, I understand you like it. <laughs> but here's, <laughs> here's why it wouldn't work. Because we, when, you have, when, you have that, when you have that going on, and then you fade to, let's just say it does, fade to Gary Busey's son, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an unremarkable moment. Oh, I'm sorry it doesn't blow your screwed up. It doesn't. It wouldn't blow anybody's screwed up. It, 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 it is. It, it, if you look at it from, like, if you think about it, I mean, it's a cool idea. I'm not saying that, sh- it sh- I mean, if they did it, I, I, would be, I would be happy with it, too. But what I'm saying is, is it's an unremarkable moment. Well, I mean, they, they could have changed something to make it fit better. It's also, it's also an expected moment. Uh, how is that expected? Because they're doing that with a lot of people now. Well, they're I, de-aging I know. a lot of people. I'm talking about the cameo thing. Like, if it was just a cameo just to have a cameo. That, but that's what it sounds like. That's when what you it had, feels like. Like when you had Dirk Benedict show up in fucking A-Team or, and stuff like that. Yeah. But when it's the actual interview, I mean, uh, who would have thought? I mean, would seriously, would, if I hadn't have brought that up, would you have thought about that at all? Yeah. Because I told, you in the, I, I, I told you in the theater at the end of the movie that Schwarzenegger was in the pod. Well... That was the original ending. The original ending was Dutch showing up and saying, you guys are coming with me, and then leaving in the helicopter. Okay. So a, a de-aging thing is, it's, it's an expected thing nowadays. They de-age everybody. Marvel movies, Schwarzenegger multiple times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they've been doing that for the last three to five years with, with older celebrities, Kirk Douglas or Michael Douglas. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell more than once, Schwarzenegger. So, what would be? I, I think I think what would be a better idea to incorporate your idea with with that would be instead of starting it off that way. When she shows up at the lab, they run a video of him interviewing, mm-hmm. right, so that they can bounce off all, so she can talk or whoever yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, if you cut out Olivia Munn from this movie, right? Yeah. And you have you have uh, Boyd Hallbrook in there, mm-hmm. and then later on his wife. When Boyd shows up at the Stargazer Project, because he's had contact with these aliens, so mm-hmm. there's no point in putting him in jail, which makes no sense whatsoever to me. He's had contact with the aliens. Yeah. So that that's another failure of the movie, right? It there. is, and then also how um, like just callously kill hungry uh, Sterling K. Brown's character was. You know, just like, oh, yeah, uh, she ran from the facility killer. Yeah. It, 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 w- it would have made more sense if they had put him on the bus and the bus was going to the Stargazer facility. Yeah. Because all the other guys that are on the bus have at one point or another come into contact or yeah. something has gone on with them. You know, aliens, if you want to just call it that. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean predators, right? Yeah. And they're being sequestered away. I mean, they're still being put in jail. Yeah. But they're being put in jail at the Stargazer facility under watchful eye because something has happened with them. Abduction, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You don't really have to explain it. Yeah. But you can have them reference it as they're, you know, fucking around with each other, right? Mm. <clears throat> so you've cut out that stupid prison sequence, <laughs> you know, and now you have all these guys, you still have the same team yeah. going to this Project Stargazer, and when they, they bring in this, the Boyd Hallbrook character, 
you know, because he's seen the predator. He knows what's going on. They're like, hey, this is why we're doing this. And, and then you, it changes Sterling K. Brown's character from that of just a, you know, a, a, a fucking death merchant, if you want to call him that, to someone that's a little bit more sympathetic who says, we understand what's going on. And since you've seen this, we've only had, con- we've only had a few people survive. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. And you see Schwarzenegger talking with Busey, right? And then he goes, you know, if you see, if you see those two gentlemen right there, well, one of them survived, the other one didn't. And, and, the, and then Hallbrook could say something along the lines of, hey, well, what the fuck happened? Well, a predator showed up back in whatever year, right? This, isn't it supposed to be 95, 99? Um, 97 is when part two happened. Because it's set to, even though the movie came out in 1990, it's set 10 years after the events of the first predator. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about when is it, when, what year is it supposed to be set? 1997. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because at the time they only came back every ten years, right? So, and then he goes back in '97. We had a second one show up, and and then they show Danny Glover, yeah, right, and and he's being interviewed by. It, it could even be Jake Busey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, who is also a scientist, so he's interviewing him for for all these facts. And then we got we found these artifacts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It sets the stage even better. Yeah. That's. That's good writing. Well, it's it's okay writing. It's not great writing, but <laughs> depends on how it plays out. It sets the stage better because now you've you've made a recall, right? And then you also could have an interview with a, 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 um, Adam Brody or Adrian Brody. No, because those movies don't exist in this timeline. The Predator or, or Predators didn't exist. No, it doesn't. They only reference two movies. They didn't reference any other other movies. Eh, whatever. So you have you you have. The beginning, which is the the start of Stargazer Project or Project Stargazer, where they you see the helicopter fly off, and then the then then you have the Marines getting into that firefight with the Predator as it, so it's going to basically fade out. Yeah, you know, and it, you'll sh- it'll it'll show you. You can show the sh- Predator ship crashing. Yeah, you don't have to show the Predator f- the two Predators fighting. Because you're keeping the you're keeping the um, the hunter yeah out of it for now it's a it's a hidden gem if you want to call it that yeah right the, the 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 genetically modified hunter yeah and then this guy crashes just like in the first movie right yeah and firefight happens and then boom you're right into it and then you go into those other scenes and then of course. You know, the predator is hunting for, you know, he gets captured, and then he has to escape that facility. And then all these other guys that, the, the prisoners, you know, they also get to get out, but but somehow they have to go after the, the first predator. Yeah. Or, or the, you know, the earth predator, if you want to call it that, who is trying to escape the fucking hunter killer. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the other predators called him the traitor. Yeah. And then that was never even really... Well, yeah, Touched I mean, on. the whole beginning of the movie was rushed as fuck, dude. Like, at first I was like, okay, cool, it's just cutting through shit just to get to the story quicker. But it was still, it was when they were, when the, at the beginning when the ship was running from the other one. Right. It was really fast. It was like, just like, boom, boom, it's already through the portal. I think in the first 35 seconds, it's already going through this portal yeah. to Earth, you know, and then cra- um, crashing on Earth. It, yeah. it was like, what the fuck? I, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 it, and it made no sense because 
he's trying to get to Earth to give this item to the Earth people. Yeah. And then he ends up getting into a firefight with the fucking military. Mm-hmm. And then he attacks the facility. Well, he technically escapes the facility. But, yeah. you know, he's in the facility. So instead of trying to dialogue with him, he fucking kills everybody and then leaves the facility. Yeah. So who is he trying to give the object to? I don't fucking know, dude. You know? I didn't even think of that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I assume because he has a survival instinct that he just, like, you can't hold me down, so I'm going to fuck you all up. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. But, I mean, also, what was the point of even having Jake Busey in this movie? Because not at one time does he mention his father. Right. At all. It was like, and the last time you see him, he's got some blood on his stomach. You know, like he got... He's holding he, his left hand side, and yeah. he's, he's telling her to go. Yeah. And And the predator didn't attack her when she was in the shower. Yeah, because she wasn't armed. Well, he attacked everybody else, and even though they weren't, and some of them weren't armed, he was just fucking motoring through scientists and well, guards. Well, hey, the script said don't fuck with. Well, she was <laughs> she was in a shower. She was naked, so she was defenseless. Yeah, not necessarily not armed. And yeah, defenseless. I mean, she was in a you know uh, yeah defenseless position too. So I, I you know, I, that's why I assume that he didn't kill her. He didn't attack her. Right. So this movie fails on uh, several points, but they're, the action's fun. I kind of like the Predator dogs. Those were kind of cool. They were until they got fucking, until they turned one into a friend. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I Yeah, that was kind of lame. Yeah. I, it, and then they overdid the kid thing. I, I The kid thing bothered me because... At first, I was like, okay, you know, they're not overdoing it. Like, it just doing, he's showing up here in a little... But the problem I had with him overall was it's way too convenient. Out of all the people that have kids that are this fucking genius, right, it's going to be this dude's kid? Well, not, not only that, you have to go with the sign of the times, which is, oh, he's autistic. Uh-huh. You know, nothing wrong with autistic kids. What I'm saying is it's wrong for Hollywood to basically exploit that. Yeah. You know, oh, he's autistic and he, he, you know, so they show him, you know, the kids are picking on him and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They pull the fire alarm, you know, and then they knock all the chess pieces down and then he magically, well, he doesn't magically, he's eidetic memory, but, you know, he, he does all this and then he's able to figure out the predator language with no problem and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And my problem with that is, why did you make him autistic? <laughs> just be, just to mm-hmm. make sure that you're giving a, a shout out to or, it's okay uh, to be autistic. Like, I mean, like he's he's some misunderstood genius or something. Or? Yeah, I mean it it it's 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 sending the wrong message. You know, in in my opinion. Well, I mean, no, I agree because I think autistic kids need a lot of help, and to just dismiss it as oh wait no. He's just misunderstood, and he's and he he's capable of doing these great things without any anyone's help. I disagree with that. Autistic kids don't generally need help; they just need guidance. Yeah, that's what I mean. Help and guidance can be the same word, man. Well, I mean, they don't need a lot of it. They're not, they don't need to be handheld or coddled. Well, it depends on what kind of kid. I've dealt with some crazy fucking autistic kids, man. My grandma used to watch them. She used to take care of them. And there's ones there was there was a spectrum. There was some that were fucking just. See, but I, I don't off the charts, dude. I don't buy into the autistic spectrum. Okay. I don't I don't buy into and the reason why I don't buy into it is because and not because of their problems or issues or whatever. I don't buy into it because doctors are using it to exploit pharmaceutical reasons yeah. and just give kids medicine by saying, Oh, you're autistic. 
Well, hey, this was back in the in the eighties. This was back in the late eighties when I was a kid, and when my grandmother was watching these kids, and so that was before they were. I mean, they were already starting to over medicate people, but they, it wasn't as what was the word fluent as it is now. Right. Like a, what do they call it? Epidemic, but proportion like it is now. It's the same with ADHD or ADD. They're just slapping a label on people because, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to deal with fucking humans because most of them are pieces of shit. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you're autistic, but you're high-functioning autistic because you, you just like to be alone. No. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, these, yeah, these kids were ones that were, um, the ones my grandma was watching, they were ones that needed, spe- they needed constant supervision because they would do things. Um, some of them were extremely violent. I had one kid that... I'm pretty sure he was a serial killer in training. Um, he was creepy as fuck, dude. Um, I had, um, you know, there was another one that was just, I, it's hard to describe because, I, I, you know, this is 30 years ago. So, I, I yeah, it was, it was some tough shit. But it was, yeah, I've seen so many different kinds of them, man. It, right. But, it, like, again, I'm, I'm just, it's an agree to disagree thing. I, the, I, half of those kids that your grandma was watching wasn't autistic. It was a fucking discipline problem that comes from broken homes. <laughs> you weren't there. I was there. I saw it. Right. So I'd be I'm, I'm wrong in, in diagnosing that the the kids half the kids that that are fucking labeled as autistic aren't from Look, broken homes. No. When you when you see certain kids that just have behavioral problems, that's one thing. When you see kids where they do things born that as are, drug addicts to single to single mothers from ghettos. Or broken families whose fathers beat them. I, I didn't know all the details. Generally tends to have effects like serial killer, violence. Yeah, a lot of serial killers come from single mothers. I, I saw. I learned that. Um, violence. Um, a, a lot of you know, dr- you know, obviously drugs and drinking and stealing and stuff like that. Mm. You know, most normal kids who steal. Stop doing that shit after 15, 16, 17, well, about 18 years old because the, the, I mean, they got other shit to do. The stuff that I witnessed was, it wasn't like the normal bad behavior shit. It was this stuff that made you, it scared you when you saw it. And you, you, you there was no controlling it. There was no, it, like, you just want to get the fuck away from it. It, yeah, was, that's, it was scary. That's generally not autism. That's a fucking, that's damage. That's damage from something else. Well, anyway, it, it, I was your, a kid. I don't but but your mom or your grandmother worked with mm-hmm. those types of people. Yeah. Not, but as you said, a spectrum, not necessarily autistic, but a spectrum. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's still everyone's still to, learning shit, man. I mean, just you know, it, imagine all the shit that they used to label things as in the 1800s that are completely wrong now, and, and you know, and then so on and so forth. It, so yeah, I mean, they could be something other than what they were called back then. You know, they could, they were called autistic, but now they're all of a sudden called, you know, I don't know, fucking <laughs> socially awkward. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> like, I, I have I have friends that have kids that, that were, you know, and it just amazes me that everybody that I know mm. has a, one of their kids is autistic. Everybody? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You're not, Look. Uh, there, there's, there's one that in particular, yes, her son is, it's evident, Yeah. but there's more going on than just pure autism. And, and he's a fucking great kid. You've met him and he's a fucking great kid. I've got another friend and, and her son that was, was diagnosed with autism. But I, I mean, I mean, I was diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. and, my, and they're like, Oh, we're just going to put him on a pill. <laughs> Fuck you. 
It, it, it because it ch- your your child is still growing. Yeah, and you're gonna change. The doctor's going to change your kid's DNA just because of money. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, big pharma. And that's the problem. Not not that these kids are autistic. Not that these kids, you know, these broad this broad spectrum anywhere between whatever you've been diagnosed with all the way through to autism. Those are not the problems. Yeah. Because medicine does not cure. Education and helping them, guiding them. A lot of them don't need, you know, the, like Sheldon, you know, from fucking Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. You know, they they need to they they need to interact and learn and be with people, and even if just it's a short amount of time. So That's why I took my son off the off the shit they had him on. Yeah, he's been off it for years. He's gotten a lot better not being on that shit. Yeah, because the, his brain is fucking forming all. Look, he's going through puberty. You know, and and everything else that's going on, his yeah. body's changing, and this and that, and the other thing. And I've always been a firm believer that that, with the exception of of, of the the extremes, yeah. you know, that if you just let your kid do and grow, and you're there to guide them, and you got to punish them, discipline is part of it. You know, they got to understand the consequences and actions and stuff like that. Yeah, and and that's we've gotten way off topic, but. <clears throat> Understand, I'm not against, I'm not against anyone that that child has fucking been diagnosed with autism. Mm. I'm against the doctors It'd that diagnose. Misdiagnosing, yeah. No, not even misdiagnosing. They just fucking diagnose everybody with ADHD or autism or yeah. broad spectrum fucking brain issues or whatever. And all it is is an excuse to sell or peddle their fucking drugs for big pharma. When there are better ways to handle it's it. the right word for that neglect or uh, yeah, uh, God, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it. Anyways, so Hollywood likes to do this, and so bring it full circle. Hollywood likes to do this. They like to key in on certain aspects of culture so that it's relatable. Yeah, and that's why they have this kid and that that's showing autistic signs of autism. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you can't. You can't just throw in all this stuff at once and expect expect the movie going public to go and be sympathetic to characters like him. Yeah, it just also his character seemed almost completely unnecessary. Yeah, you know? I mean he he would have been fine regardless of the autism or you just you cut that whole fucking bullshit out. Yeah, I have a kid, right? Yeah, what if he's just a little bit smarter than the average kid? Yeah. And he's able to tap into something that other people didn't notice. Yeah. That would have been fine. Yeah, you don't have to explain it as whatever. Yeah, he didn't have to be the fucking Bobby Fisher scene, Yeah, right? Yeah, it, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't you, you don't have to you, you don't have to label everything just because it's it's part of culture. I yeah. guess. Well, it's just like, remember know. with Poltergeist, you know, Sam Rockwell's character had to, and the family had to be going through the debt crisis. Oh, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Again, another Hollywood bullshit. They want you to relate to people through conditions and temporary and, and momentary trends than, than actually real life. Conditions. Thank you. That's exactly what I was getting at, which mm-hmm. is they want you to relate to these characters, even though the characters are completely unrelatable, mm-hmm. you know? Well, he's he, he was he's coming back from his tour of duty in wherever 
the Middle East, yeah. yada yada yada, and and that's and 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 they have to do that with every one of these war movies. And and if you watch from the eighties all the way through, oh, coming back from Vietnam, oh, coming from the Iraqi War, oh, coming back from this, or coming back from that, yeah, you know. And then when they remake the movies, they have to up the war, yeah, right. So instead of coming back from Vietnam, now they're coming back from the nineteen ninety one Gulf yep. War, and I mean it. You don't need to do that. You don't need to make callbacks to any of the wars. You don't need to do this. If he's a soldier, he's a soldier. Big fucking deal. Yeah. It doesn't add backstory. It doesn't add backstory by saying my kid is autistic. It doesn't add anything to it other than trying to pull the sympathetic lever yeah, how for about, fucking audiences how about making to relate. Them, yeah, how about making them relatable by just making them normal human beings? Making them good characters. Yeah. So I don't know who wrote this movie. Uh, uh, it was co-written by Fred Decker and Shane Black. So Fred Decker, who <laughs> uh, did the Monster Squad, yeah. Night of the Creeps, and Night of the Creeps uh, House. <laughs> God damn it, uh, Ricochet. Oh, I liked Ricochet. Yeah, and uh, Robocop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking ninja robot. Yeah. God damn it. It, it. I'll forgive him for that. Only because Samurai Robot or whatever Monster Squad. Yeah. Well, uh, no, the Samurai Robot was Frank Miller's idea. I know. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just talking about the movie. Jesus Christ! Why is it so loud? I don't know. Yeah. Not your fault. It's not <laughs> your fault. Um, when I, I, I don't, I don't know if as yeah. See, he's he's got a writing credit on Lethal Weapon Four. He's got a writing credit on Demolition Man. Uh, if looks could kill, he he did four episodes and directed uh, Tales from the Crypt. Um, and I don't know what Edge is, but Edge and Predator uh, are two movies that he had co-written with Shane Black. And like I said, I like Shane Black, but I, I think that there's a problem with with these movies now in that it doesn't matter who you get for a director, <clears throat> even if they are, you know, tagged in, in earlier movies, mm-hmm. Shane Black being in Predator or Shane Black writing Lethal Weapon. Yeah. You know, there's... There's a, a a genuine fall off with these movies, and it sounds. I mean, <clears throat> this stinks of studio interference. It does because it, that's why I think that there was no 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 mention of Gary Busey's or Jake Busey's dad. Right. You know how quick the uh, beginning was rushed through. Yep. You know this kid, fucking this autistic kid. Right. Olivia Munn's character. Yep. Right. Um, also, mean, we're we're hitting on all cylinders of. All the shit that we shouldn't be talking about, which is autism, <laughs> uh, females, especially Olivia Munn, who Look, fucking pulled the trigger. I'll on that tell you fucking what, guy. We haven't gotten into it yet, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Captain Marvel trailer. And look, I'm all for them doing a, a superheroine, okay? If they do it right, and right. they're fucking dude. That movie gave gave me goosebumps. Hold on a second. That trailer. I just want to point out what who was the studio responsible for this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the one that fucked up the X Men, but made Deadpool. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, hey man, you know, sun shines on a dog's ass someday, right? Yeah, the clock is right twice a day, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, a clock. Yeah. And Frank Miller's a look. Oh, Frank Miller, Shane Black is good at directing. He's good at writing. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, they created a franchise off of him giving a scriptment for a crazy cop. Yeah. Hey. There's this guy. He's a crazy cop, kind of suicidal, cynical, and he likes to jump off buildings. He is. He's not kind of suicidal. He's fucking suicidal. Yeah, he's got. He's got a bullet. You know, got a hollow point. You know, do the job right. So <laughs> yeah. So just like um um 
My friend Catherine was watching The Mummy. Uh-huh. Which you one? Know, the new one. Oh, okay. With Tom Cruise. Yeah. And, the Money. Yeah, The Money. <laughs> and when, what did I... I said, uh... God, is there anything about that movie I even fucking remember? All I remember is the trailer that we got subjected to for six straight months every week we went to the movies where they're on the fucking airplane. I, I, I made I, I made a funny on the poop. She said, watching. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> Screenwriter. So here's the premise. Here's the premise. Mission Impossible, The Mummy, without the action, adventure, or story. Tom Cruise runs a lot. Good. Greenlit. Do it. Right? Yeah. And then uh, also... Russell Crowe's Dr. Jekyll, but he's in remission, like cancer, but with no hair loss. Universal. We love it. That's a great idea. It's the same shit, you know, with fucking, with the Predator. So, we have a Predator, and he crash lands again on Earth. Okay. What's the premise, though? Well, he gets captured by this this uh, black ops company called the Stargazer Project. Yeah. You know, black ops CIA type shit, right? Yeah, you know, Gary his group. And then he escapes. Yeah. Okay. And then... He's got to get back to his ship. There's a giant predator with goat feet. <laughs> okay, that's that's got possibilities. And he's hunting this other predator because he's a traitor. Even better. He's got dogs. Fuck. Got, fucking do it. He's got predator dogs. They he's got, got predator they got, dogs? They got dreadlocks. Fucking do it. And they got dreadlocks, too. That's that's what it sounds like with the fucking pitch. Yeah. You know? It's Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. When we break the movie down like this, it, it, I, I, I'm like, damn, they really did fuck this movie up. But when we were watching it, I was distracted by how good the camaraderie was between all the characters. Yeah, and, and that's, and got that's the downfall really well. with this movie yeah. is that the fucking, the, the interaction between all of the uh, what do they call them? The the loonies. Yeah, call them the loonies. So all the loonies is great. Mm-hmm. You know, even with Olivia Munn being, I was there. fucking laughing, dude. I was laughing a lot. It was really good, good, uh, good. Uh, you know, what is it called? Dialogue writing and all that shit, man. It was. It had my attention the whole time. Yeah. You know, I, I just fuck, man. It, you know, no wonder they keep. There, there, there's always these huge gaps between Predator movies because they don't, they're not fucking doing them right. Why does the studio want to touch these when they're not fucking doing them right? Just like if you go back to the, the Robert Rodriguez produced one, um, Predators from like, what was it, 2009, 2008? Um, that movie started off really fucking good. It had a great premise, right? And then all of a sudden it became Foreman from the 70s show becoming a serial killer and he's fucking killing people now too. Right. As well, and it's like, what, what the fuck are you doing? It was, you had this going good in a good direction, and you fucked it up. Uh, and then they showed the predator suit at the end. I mean, come on, look at that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they got fucking guns coming out of shoulders everywhere, and this and that, and the other thing. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, it was. It's a fucking samurai armored predator. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually like Sterling's character. I did to a point, and then all of a sudden, he, he his character got stupid. You know, it was like because yeah, he had he had charisma, he was funny, he had a sense of humor, and then all of a sudden, he just becomes this fucking this cold asshole. Well, he was always a cold asshole. Yeah, it just it was a different layer of cold asshole. Like it yeah. just I. But he's he's supposed to be he's supposed to be this slick willy type of guy. Where he just comes in, tells everybody what they want to hear, but his real motivation is fuck them all. Yeah, you know, and that's what I liked about the character. The arc, however, eh, 
Yeah. Then that, 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 that's we're gonna dance at the end of this. I'll put my tap shoes on or whatever you fucking said. <laughs> you should have said I'll put my fucking hammer pants on. It was like, dude, he just put an arrow through the fucking dude, his his partner's eye, saying, you know, that's what you get for taking my son, right? But then why didn't he do that to fucking Sterling K. Brown's character instead? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, because because they were being attacked by a gigantic predator at that point in time, it was like a uh, fight or flight. And then they had to be, you know, it was enemies. It was uh, friends because, you know, the, my 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 friend's enemy is my enemy. Yeah. So this movie's... My, friend, my enemy's friend is my friend. This movie's better than both Alien versus Predators. It's better than the Predators from 2009. And it has parts of it that are better than Predator Part 2. But Predator Part 2 still has more iconic moments than this movie has. This movie doesn't have... I don't think this movie has any iconic moments. Yeah, I mean, when it comes right down to uh, for the debate, which is, it, is it going? Is it a movie that's going to uh, hold up, hold up in court? <laughs> Fuck, sad to say, but no. I even though there was great, great chemistry between the, the you know all the dudes, man, you know all all the characters and how funny it was. Even when Olivia Munn's character was there in the hotel room with them, that was fucking. It was it was great. It was hilarious, but it's not enough, man. They actually. That being that good makes the movie even more of a disappointment because of the potential that it had to be really, really good. Hold on, I'm I'm doing something. Boop. So in a way, I mean, the movie's like it has a yeah. So I mean, is it memorable? Is it going to stand the test of time? So I I, I have I, to say no. I think so, but not not in the same nostalgia as Predator or Predator Two. Yeah, I mean, it's just is it quotable? No. <laughs> I mean, they even quoted the first movie, Get to the Chopper. Yeah, Get to the Choppers. Yeah. When the motorcycles? Yeah, it was funny because he said it all calm. Like, he didn't say it. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, we both smirked. Yeah. <laughs> Pop culture status? Again, I mean, when it comes right down to it, no, because it's the first, it's part three of the first two movies, and it's the weakest of the movies. Yeah. Um, is it rewatchable? Yes. A couple of times. I, just I think, to yeah. See. I think it's rewatchable because I like, like I said, I like the character interaction. But not Blazing Saddles. Really I think awesome. they, I, I wonder if they're going to have a director's cut come out for this. An extended director's cut. Probably not. Um, well, no. Not, <laughs> not considering uh, everything that's gone on the last couple months, no. Because <laughs> now it's fucking Disney owned. Yeah. So you'll, you'll get a basic, you'll get, you'll get a Blu-ray, but you're not going to get a director's cut out of this. Uh, maybe they want to get some of their money back. Because, I mean, this movie cost almost $100 million to make, and it only made $24 million its first weekend. Yeah, but, again, it, they're going to make their money back on DVD sales anyway, so in rentals and yada, yada, yada. That, that's not that's besides the point. What I'm saying is, is that the chances of getting the, – the chances of anything happening right now within the next five years of the, because, because of the sale to Disney – you're just not going to get extended cuts or director's cuts or anything else. I don't like know. I'll, I'll wait to hear what... Um, <clears throat> I, I have a feeling that there'll be some kind of interview or something with Shane Black down the road, and he'll talk... You know, So I'm pretty sure someone will ask him eventually, is there a bunch of deleted scenes? Is there a, you know, is there a different cut that you would have liked to have had done if there wasn't the studio getting in the way or whatever? Yeah, but I, like I said, I, I just don't see anything happening for five years. Yeah. I mean, they'll get the extend... They'll have the... the the extended scenes, just like normal and whatever else, just yeah. you know, as they do with normal packaging, which is, you know, you got your regular DVD, you got your you got your Blu-ray, and then you got your fucking super duper extended, you know, big dick Blu-ray, yeah, 
and then and then you got your fucking Christmas package Blu-ray or whatever else, and you got your uh, what do you call it the, uh, the the tin can thing or yeah the tuna can. <laughs> Anyways, so but like I said, I don't I don't think like anything that's being released by 20th Century Fox from last year yeah all the way through right to now at this point uh movies and uh, movie in in the movie theaters since they were in the sale for Disney you're not going to see like a lot of stuff you're not going to see director's cuts is what i'm trying to say yeah you know or or any fancy schmancy things because they're in that process of being sold in 5 years yes that's why i'm saying in in 5 years mm-hmm. after 5 years absolutely because all this shit has to get fucking reorganized yeah so that's that's why I'm saying it's, it's just going to take some time. Uh, um, okay, uh, is there an emotional attachment to this movie? Yes, because it's connections to the original film. Yeah, but how much? A little bit, just a little, just a little, a little smidget. A pubic hair. Yeah. Uh, what about the quality? Quality. Um, well, I mean, the Predator makeup looked great. You know, the um, overall quality of the movie. Oh, overall quality of the movie. Um, is it good? Did it suck? Meh. It's a, it's a middle ground. I there there were some issues I had, you know, especially with the dogs and yada yada yada. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird that the dogs had the same face as a regular predator. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like you know the rule: if you you and you hang out with your dog too long, you start to look alike. Maybe that's what it is. They've been hanging out for thousands of no, years. No, they literally had the same head style. Yeah, <laughs> that's not hanging out. That's a fucking genetic mutation. Maybe they did predators that. are fucking animals. Come on. Uh, yeah. uh, nostalgia, yes. Um, uh, is this a good movie? Yeah, I mean it's good. It's a good movie. It's not a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. It didn't suck. Yeah, it's, it was just rushed. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it has its issues. It's nowhere near great. It's no nowhere near very good. It's to me, it's a it's 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 dancing between a five point five and a six. Should you see it in theaters or wait for DVD or both? Um, I think. Uh, hmm. Two hundred million dollar film. It's only made fifty six million dollars. Yeah, I have no idea what Unbroken is. That's that movie. Yeah, the, the, the inspiring shit. Um, oh yeah, a simple favor. Yeah, it's a Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick movie. Oh right, and then White Boy Rick. Yeah, which, which we'll be seeing next week. Which is, I think that movie is just gonna kill it, anyways. <clears throat> um, but it was projected to gross twenty five to thirty two million on opening weekend. So it's. It's at it's it's at its normal. Well, there's a lot more movies coming out, so I I know, but if it was predicted to make between twenty five and thirty million dollars, it's right I mean, it's there. It's at, on the cusp, yeah. It's not on the cusp, it's it's there. It made twenty six point five million. It's sitting at fifty six. It'll make its money back. It's not that big of a deal. Problem is is that look, you know, it's sitting at a five out of ten, which is about where we're at. Um, has violence and quips to spare, but chaotically hollow action adds up to another missed opportunity for a franchise increasingly defined by disappointment. And that's exactly what we said. Yeah, Predator has has potential to be great, and it never lives up to the hype based on, you know, from the first film. Right. Um, see, uh, Jordan Mincer from The Hollywood Reporter said, bigger, meaner, gorier, funnier uh, than previous installments. Whether the world needs a sequel... And whether this reboot was necessary, it's not a reboot, it's a sequel, is probably a question. I wish people would just stop with the fucking reboot shit. Hmm. 
Um, is probably a question worth raising, but at least Black's take on it is to never take it too seriously while keeping us dully entertained. Roger Ebert said Black is assisted greatly by an incredibly charismatic class or cast and knows how to use them. Um, this makes a few concessions to modern blockbuster filmmaking, including an overabundance of CGI, a blatantly franchise-thirsty ending, and some linking references to the original, but the movie's values are more 1988 than 2018, and that's what makes it fun. Uh, not really, but okay. Um, yeah, here it is right here. <clears throat> this is what we're, we're basically saying is the Predator does a lot to reinvigorate the 31-year-old series, but everything crashes down. It's frenzied during its frenzied uh, messy final act, a disappointing conclusion to what had largely been a fun romp up until that point. So, and then we're not going to get into the controversy. Yeah, I mean, by the end, you know, that whole battle was just, it was trying to rip off the first film straight up and it, by killing off every single character except the main dude, Olivia Munn, and the fucking kid. Right. So, oh, hey, I oh, just realized three people survived. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Shut up. <laughs> so the dude, the chick, and the kid survived this time. Last time, the first one, it was the dude and the chick. All right. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, I do want to see this movie again, but I'm not in a rush to see it, and it, and yeah, the more I think about it, it is a definitely a disappointment. But it's worth seeing. It's I, I think that you should you know if you if you like Predator, you like that universe, go go check it out. Um, it does have some redeemable quality to it. So, all right. Um, oh shit. So yeah, let's get into the to the news, yo. So Captain Marvel trailer dropped uh, first thing this morning. It uh, I've watched it like three or four times because it's, it's kind of you know it's only just under two minutes long. And, uh, of course, it's just full of little teasers and stuff in it. You see, you know, a younger uh, Clark Gregg. You see a younger Sam Jackson with both eyes. Um, I'm sorry, Nick Fury. And uh, what I like about it the most is it looks like what what um, Green Lantern 2011 should have looked like. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of a much more maturely done Green Lantern. <clears throat> I'll just go straight to Marvel.com. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're fucking there, bro. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up until I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I have a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. idea what threats are out there. We can't 
do this alone. We need you. I'm not what you think I am. Did you notice the titling where it says what makes a hero? Yeah. What makes her, her a, a hero? hero? Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, that was that was very 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 clever marketing. So um yeah, I mean once again, Marvel uh, grabs your attention. <laughs> they know what they're doing, man. And I don't see the juggernaut stopping anytime soon. <laughs> that was an intentional pun. Yes, I know. Um yeah, so uh and then uh what was it? Uh, Eddie Murphy has um, signed on for a Grumpy Old Men remake, and Samuel Jackson is being considered to play the other role. So they're not saying if um, who if Eddie Murphy is going to be playing the Walter Matthau role or the Jack Lemmon role. But yeah, there we are, another remake. Does it? Does it mean? Does that sound right to you? Like Eddie Murphy being old enough to do Grumpy Old Men? No, but. It has possibilities, and I hope he does multiple roles. <laughs> they clump the fuck out of it. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't Brooklyn uh, vampire in Brooklyn it, <laughs> dude. I there was a bunch of years where I thought that that movie was like misunderstood, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that again. I, I, I so I kept waiting for it to show up somewhere, and I finally watched it again um, a few I don't know a couple years ago. That movie fucking sucks. It is horrible. I. I don't know why I thought it was better than it was and misunderstood and all that shit. That movie's a fucking piece of shit. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope that this is a good remake and it isn't something shitty like, I don't know, say, like the Honeymooners movie with uh, Cedric the Entertainer <laughs> and Mike Epps. Uh, did you ever even see that one? You didn't even remember that they made it, did you? It's like about Say that again. What movie? I wasn't even fucking paying attention. The Honeymooners movie. Oh, yeah, I remember that. With Cedric the Entertainer and, and Mike Epps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because once in a while it shows up on my feed. Does it? Okay. So, um, and then, uh, oh yeah, you're gonna love this one, Brian Singer. He's in talks to direct a new adaptation of Red Sonja. Pass. Yeah. I oh. any movie that is directed by Brian Singer, I will not see. Absolutely not. Bad. <laughs> Fuck that guy, dude. So, um, <laughs> the comment feed on uh, Dark Horizons for that one that was pretty funny. All the com- the jokes uh, people are making about him. Uh, yeah, I saw the, uh, we both saw the Stan and Ollie trailer for, uh, you know, uh, which is coming out, they say in 2019, So, but there's no uh, date on there from the website I read it from. But uh, Stan Laurel and, uh, and uh, I don't, what the fuck was Hardy's name? Oliver. Oliver Hardy, yeah. So, um, man, <clears throat> holy shit. Makeup alone. This movie looks like an Oscar winner. Okay. You know. That's it. Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Couldn't remember how to spell his fucking name. Yeah, John C. Riley and Steve Coogan. Dude, I, I honestly think that this is um, John C. Riley's Oscar moment. His moment, yeah. It it is so fucking incredible. His um, the makeup. Yeah. The uh, complete package, man. That's it. A back projection. Cue music. And action. Hollywood legends Mr. Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy arrived in Britain today as they embarked on a national tour. We're doing this while we're waiting for this new picture to come together. I'm going to make sure that this tour gets off the right foot. There it is, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> it's amazing that you two are still going strong. 
still using the same old material. Yeah. Such a wonderful reception, isn't it, Ida? It's okay. <laughs> Two double acts for the price of one. <laughs> Pretty empty last night. I guess people just don't want to see Laurel and Hardy anymore. Has he been pushing you a little too hard, babe? You know, Stan. You could have said goodbye, Oliver, a long time ago. We had a good thing going, but you had this big chip on your shoulder because I did a picture with someone else. I couldn't sleep for days when they told me what you did. You're just a lazy ass who got lucky because you met me. Lucky to spend my life with a man who hides behind his typewriter? You betrayed me. Betrayed our friendship. You're hollow. You cannot go on stage again in your condition. I love you, but I won't stand by and watch this nutty tour put you in a wooden box. I should never have had us take this tour. I love him, Ida. You're not leaving, are you, Stan? The show must go on. <laughs> When you watch our movies, it was just the two of us. All we had was each other. She <laughs> never regret Rianne. And you shouldn't regret Rianne either. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stan Laurel and Mr. Oliver Hardy. I'll miss us when we're gone. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's great makeup. It is. Absolutely. Just give him the Oscar right now. <laughs> yeah, why even waste time on the show? Just fucking give it now. Go just save five minutes. All right. Um yeah, so that one that one definitely looks like a that, that's one I'm actually interested in seeing. Just based on on oh, John C. Riley alone. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, his his uh, first time he was nominated for an Oscar was for uh, Chicago when he did a performance of uh, Mr. Cellophane, which was I always remember that to this day. It was a great fucking performance by that dude. Uh, made me a fan of him as an actor um, because of that shit. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's that. Um, there's a there's a oh a new movie coming out uh, called Captive State, which looks interesting. It is. Set in Chicago, 10 years after an alien presence has taken over. But it's done in a way that is, um, it's not the in your... F- Remember Chicago? <laughs> yeah, God. It definitely looks better than that. It looks better than fucking Transformers. But it it does look good. It, it looks uh, interesting. Looks like a grittier... Yeah, God. Looks like a grittier what? Like a... Uh, <sighs> God damn it. That's funny. Call that number. Why? I'm being a I'm being <laughs> facetious. It, it's a grittier what? Um it how would I put it? Just say it. I I can't think. I can't I I, I had brain farted it. It was uh it just seems like a what's the name of the movie? It's called Captive State. And it doesn't show any aliens in the trailer. <clears throat> Is that Chris Pratt? No. The state of our union is strong. 
the lowest in history. Poverty has been eradicated. Crime is non-existent. So it looks like a gritty, grittier version of, say, V mixed with uh, District 9. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it looks interesting. And I like the fact that they didn't just show you a bunch of fucking aliens and stuff. And, you know, maybe it's more psychological and, and stuff like that, which if you're going to make an alien invasion movie, you know, if you have to make another one, right, do it do it different. You know, don't, don't just be the same old shit. Mm-hmm. All right. Then there was the, the last trailer I saw, which I think you might get a kick out of. It's called Death Kiss. And I don't want to give anything away until you see it. I don't really want to play all these fucking trailers. It's the last one, dude. Do I have to prepare to prepare? No. Remember you said we can take a stroll around the neighborhood when you got back? Can I get the mail? Yeah. Mom! For an eye isn't just revenge. It helps prevent future crimes. What if there was a champion for the innocent? Someone to deliver the kiss of death to the scumbags out there. You're the man who's been sending me this money. heard about this movie um a couple of days ago yeah. because the dude looks like and that's what they've been talking about is how weird is it and i believe that death kiss um i uh, dude a fucking dead ringer oh god yeah he is death kiss uh and death wish i think i i want to say that don't be fooled hold on a second death wish books charles bronson would be like in his 90s now uh, older than that, but he was like in his fifties in the eighties. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe. I think he was older than that. Uh, yeah. Um, there was a sequel called Death Sentence, and then um, 
that's it. So there you go. I thought it was a sequel to Death Sentence. I thought it was going uh. to be. <clears throat> um, he was damn eighty-two. He's almost. He, if he was still alive, he'd be almost a hundred now. Yeah, but yeah. That dude looks. Might as well just fucking call that dude Charles Bronson too. <laughs> There's two of them. Oh no. <laughs> Well, they say that everybody has a doppelganger. There you go. So, um, he almost sounds like him, too. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be fooled. Charles <laughs> Bronson's not alive. No shit. Well, thanks for the info, yeah. folks. No. He really fucking died 15 years ago. Thanks a lot. All right. So, um, yeah. So, of course, yeah, like I said uh, a little while ago, we're gonna, the next movie that we'll be talking about um, is going to be White Boy Rick because there ain't shit coming out this week. <laughs> <laughs> White Boy. All right, so that's all we got. So, you good? No, I'm not good. Okay, he's not good. All right, bye. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right, and this uh, is our uh, tag episode. The assassination game. Not to be confused with the uh, Tag Your It movie that we saw earlier this year with uh, Jeremy Renner. Or Tag the Assassination Game. Or Tag the Assassination Game. Um <laughs> no, this one is a yeah, 2015 Japanese film. I for some reason um which I'll get into in a moment uh I'll let you know about this movie. You not gonna you not gonna have anything up? You want to look at it? You don't want to look at it? Huh? Fuck you. Fuck me. Fuck me? Fuck you. Fuck. All right. So, a woman is cast adrift into an increasingly bizarre set of alternate realities in which each scenario ends in bloody carnage. Yeah. I put this on because they made fun of a scene from this movie on the soup. Okay. And so, and the scene. Are you uh, laughing because I'm looking up Robert Bronzy? No. His name is not Robert Bronzy. His name is Robert Kovacs. Yeah. His nickname is Bronzy, I would assume, because he looks like Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, you should... Yeah. The, <laughs> God damn, dude. I know. I'm ahead of you. This fucking movie, dude. This fucking guy. So basically, it's a movie, it, it, it starts off with, because I have to explain the trailer now, that dear dear uh, schoolgirls, you're all fucking obnoxious and you have to go. Yeah. And that's basically what it's all about, is a movie about uh. killing uh, schoolgirls, because you're all a bunch of not, yeah. um, apparently at, obnoxious at, fucking I, I, dicks. I've decided to put on Netflix, because uh, it was on there, I just, it's just fuck, I watched it while I was... Uh, 
I, I think my kids are playing the video games in the living room, and since the living room has a the deadly wind, yeah, yeah, I was going to get and into a that. Pig in a tuxedo holding a knife. You, if you should watch one of the blood, the carnage clips from it, the, the bus, like the bus carnage clip. I'll pass alone. It's so fucking. I mean, it's it looks hilarious, but I'm gonna pass. Remember the movie Ghost Ship when all the people get cut in half by nope. the by the wires. Never saw it on the boat. Oh, yeah, that was like like the coolest scene from a horror film that sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, movie starts off with this character. Her name is uh, Mitsuko. 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 <laughs> And she's riding on the bus, you know, like uh, they're going on like a field trip or some shit. And she's with all the other schoolgirls, and they all wearing the same shit. And and there's a lot of flirting, and, and it's weird. It's like uh, they don't ever delve into it, but it seems like Mitsuko has a, a crush on her friend because there's like this this flirting with them. But they never, yeah, I know that that is very cool, very cool, Rick or Morty. <laughs> When like, did you see it? You sent the picture to me, and then I saw it on Facebook as well. Armathy. Yeah. Sorry, interrupted. <laughs> Looks like he uses one arm a little more than the other. Yep. <laughs> Left. So they're riding on the bus, and then the girl pulls out a pen to write something down, and she, she drops it. So she kneels down to pick up the pen, and all of a sudden something flies through the bus and cuts the whole top of the half of the bus off and cuts everyone in half, except for her. Everyone else on the bus is dead. There's fucking blood splurting everywhere. You know, it's just it's just disgusting. Is right? it bad CGI blood? Yes. Nice. Fucking bad. There is some real practice. There is some practicality in there, but a lot of it is shitty CG. And so she gets off the bus and she starts running because all of a sudden she looks and, and she sees... You know, you can't see what the fuck it is because it won't show you what it is, right? For most of the movie, you don't see what the fuck is coming after her. And you find out it's just the fucking wind. There's, there's nothing. I don't even know how she knows. That the the only way she can tell the wind is coming back to kill her is when the leaves are blowing at, in her direction. The deadly wind. Yeah, so she starts running and then she runs into people and then they fucking, she tells them to get down and they don't get down and she gets down and then they get fucking cut in half. Like funky get down or just get down? You get down on the floor and, you know, hold on to your fucking Crocs, it, you know, because otherwise you're going to get, you're going to get. Uh, get down on the floor and hold on to your fucking Crocs? Yeah, you're, you're going to get fucking bisected. So, um, <laughs> so she's running and running and then all of a sudden when she thinks she's about to get killed, she wakes up, and now she's at back at the school with all of her friends, and they're all alive. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's freaking out, and the wind starts to blow, and she's freaking out, but nothing happens. And she's, she's about to have a panic attack, and her friend's like, what's going on? What's going on? Everything's fine. They go into class. They're all happening. She's still freaking out a little bit. And then her and her friends decide to skip class and go to the lake for, or the pond or whatever for a little while. So they go to the pond, and they're having these moments of girly reflection and things about whatever. And then all of a sudden, people start to die again. The wind starts to come again, starts fucking attacking and killing her friends. And all of a sudden, now she's transported to a jogging tournament, a marathon. And now she's someone else. She's still her, but she's a different actor playing her. Right. And she's running, and all of a sudden, there's these assassins that show up. And they're dressed like they're fucking... They dress like they're rejects from The Matrix Reloaded. Okay, they have long leather coats and and shitty makeup and sunglasses and stuff, and they're chasing them, and they're mowing down all these fucking other runners. And she gets away because there's this path that's made 
just for her to run down. It was really fucking weird. Like it's all preordained, right? All set up for it to go this way. And she, so she turns off the path and she goes down this way and she gets away. So it's a virtual reality thing. Something, right? You're like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like you can tell this is kind of orchestrated. And so then she wakes up and now she's at a wedding reception and she's um in the prep room in the in the church, um, you know, um, getting prepared by other people, right? And they're all they're all fawning over her and stuff and. She's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, they're they're all you know getting her dressed and putting makeup on her to get married, and all of a sudden one of her friends shows up that already died, the one she has a you know a crush on or whatever, and she's like, just play along, just play along, and then all of a sudden her friend starts just beating the shit out of everyone and killing them, like that you know that thing where you just grab people by the head and you instantly break their neck like it's easy, right? Right? She starts doing this to a bunch of fuck a whole room full of uh, of chicks. And just carnage, right? She's fucking them all up. She's all, okay, okay, now just play along. Just play along. So she goes into the wedding reception, and it just it just keeps going weird shit, right? I don't care if I give the, the ending of this movie away, because the, the overall, this movie is fucking stupid. But there is some coolness to it. The coolness is the twist. The twist is it's 150 years after um, the world has kind of ended or something like that. And this guy has cloned all of these students over, you know, hundreds of times. And he just uses them for real life video games to, for his entertainment while they just keep getting murdered in all these horrific ways and stuff like that. And she's supposed to just give into her destiny and, and just let it keep happening and dying over again and over. And instead she like fights against it, you know, and at the end of the movie, it's implied that she, you know, she won her freedom or something. You know, but it's the weird part about this movie is overall it's fucking stupid. It is it's laughably bad. Um, but the weird part is there's times where it's so well acted emotionally that there's like almost like a sentimental feeling to it when she's interacting with her friend and stuff. Like like there's a, like an actual poignant moment here and there. You know that kind of throws you off. Like, like, Oh, you know, first you're like, I fucking hate this movie. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm kind of feeling it for a minute. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden it goes back to stupid carnage again. And it's just like, I, I, I just, I, 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 I know I can't properly review this movie like some other people could, but the, I just, this movie is, is just chaos and oddity and, and Japanese schoolgirls. That's all I got. Tag. <laughs> just tag. Okay. <laughs> so it's on Netflix. Check out, check it out. It, it just yeah, there you go, man. I <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, any questions? Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's inspired by the title of the novel "Riar uh, Riaru Onagako" by uh, Yusuke Yamada. Um, it was released in Japan. Well, what's I mean. It would be really nice if you had a link to it. I mean, the movie's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I would assume because it, it does have, it has good acting in it. It has emotional heft to it. It's just that it it's just so fucking stupid. She's just constantly running and screaming from the wind, mostly. <laughs> just running from wind. Yeah, it's like I'm watching. I hate the wind. Like, like remember when you, when you saw The Happening, you know, with the killer plant vibes? No. Oh, well, you're not missing anything. The Happening was not happening. Wasn't happening. <clears throat> well, you didn't even get into the fucking here. Okay, look, <clears throat> you, you didn't get into 
a young woman becoming prey to gun wielding teachers and a human pig hybrid. You didn't get into that. I don't. Even, oh, there, there. I think it was some kind of weird monster thing. That was, I, you know, I, dude. Uh, I, I lost. I mean, I finished watching this movie. It took me about three days to finish watching it, but I, I kept going back to it just to get it over with. Yeah. So, twenty-five-year-old woman readying for, readying for her wedding, where the happy smiles and well-wishing guests melt away. She is rushed down the aisle toward a potentially purgatory-like future, uh, and then she has to fight her way out of the mess. Um, her flight leads to a marathon in which runner Izumi competes against villains and monsters bursting onto the scene from the previous chapter, and then it just keeps going on and on and on and on. Yeah. But they need to translate that into fucking English so I can read it. English. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't I don't think... If you put this movie on, I don't think you would last more than 15 minutes. Probably not. What? Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it just... Running from the fucking killer wind is just stupid. And just like with The Happening, The Happening was the dumbest premise for a fucking movie I've ever seen. You know, it just... There's a part where Mark Wahlberg is walking them, walking this group of survivors through a field, and the wind starts to blow a certain miles per hour. <laughs> it starts to blow a certain speed. All of a sudden, they all stop, and they look at the trees, and they look at the fucking bushes, and you just hear the wind blowing, and they're like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, now we can go. And it's just because the plants are now trying to kill all the humans in that, in, you know, in that, the eastern seaboard of, of the United States. And... <laughs> and so it just sends these signals to human brains to make them commit suicide. And that's it. That's the happening. It's so fucking retarded. So this is the happening. Um, that was my cue. I'm done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. I am Joe Spiegel. There you go. And that's uh, Mr. Yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast. And everyone's we're so glad you, you couldn't fucking wait in like three seconds. What? I did wait. I waited. No, you waited half a second. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I am... You know who I am. You know. You know. We know. You know. We know. All right. So uh, this one, uh, I'm going to give it to you. You do it. What what do you do? What are you doing? Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Talk to me, baby. So we're going to be reviewing South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. I didn't know that James Hetfield sang on Hell Isn't Good. Yeah, little boy, you're going to hell. Oh, I forgot about it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, because I remember I always looked it up, and it was like, I was, I was looking for you know Metallica to be in the credits, and, and instead it was, yeah. He was little uncred- boy, it's time for you to pay. It's, it's, he's uncredited. Yeah. Um, what can I say about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I saw this in theaters when it came out. I I can say that. I was flipping through the channels last night, and it was on. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to watch this goddamn movie because I love this movie. And and there's three things about this movie that I truly love. Mr. Mackey's song. Okay. Cartman's song. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cartman's uh, angry fight. See, hold on a second. Uh, Mr. Mackey. Oh, the V-chip fight, yeah. Yeah, the V-chip fight. God damn it, it was so funny. It has to do my vocabulary. <clears throat> this one. Because you get you, you start singing the songs. From the screen. No, you don't get that. You have to wait. That movie needs to hurry up and come out. I don't want to see that movie. I do want to see it. I mean, I sound like I said I don't want to see it. <laughs> uh, listen here. 
There are times when you get suckered in by drugs and alcohol and sex with women. Okay. But it's when you do these things too much that you've become an addict and must get back in touch. You can do it. It's all up to you. Okay. I don't want to play the song too much, but I... I you don't have to stand around addicted to smack. <laughs> Homes yeah. trees giving hand jobs for cats. <laughs> and And then... Obviously, the Uncle Fucker song. Stop. I bought the DVD for this from Tower Records. I bought the soundtrack to this before I bought the DVD because of this song. <laughs> you guys, this is all Kyle's mom's fault. Shut up, Cartman. Yes. Kyle's mom is the one that started that damn club, and all because she's a big, fat, stupid bitch. Don't say it, Cartman. Wait. Don't do it, Cartman. Wait. I'm warning you. Okay, okay. I'm getting pretty sick of him calling my mom. Cause my bitch is a big fat bitch, she's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a stupid bitch, and there was a bitch, she's a bitch, too. All the boys and girls. I like when they start doing the, the singing in the background. She's a bitch, I'm treated to the bitch, and Wednesday to Saturday, she's a bitch. Yeah, Sunday, just to be different to the super king, come may I may I be a bitch. Come on, you all know the words. Have you ever met my great cause mom? She's the biggest bitch in the whole wide world. She's a bitch, 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 and then, two kids around the world. And then, of course, Cartman's V-chip. Mm. V-chip attack. Bye, Cartman's V-chip attack was so fucking hilarious because... Dog shit taco. You need to watch your mouth, Brad. Dog shit taco. Brad, then do something. Try this on for size. Blood drink, frozen tampon popsicle. Hi, buddy. I know I was mean before, but don't worry. I can change. Oh. Okay. Nope. Not. <laughs> That's the one. What are you waiting for, bitch? Destroy him. Oh. They should have just called this Cartman and Saddam. You know, like Batman and Robin. Yeah. But Car- yeah, because God damn it. have had enough of you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the, the Saddam I can change. Get out of here, Saddam. That was that was the other part. Like this, the the Saddam I can change dance. Yeah, fucking baby laugh uncontrollably. Hey, you better get packing, bitch. We have to go. We're running out of time. Saddam, sometimes you can love a person very much, but still know that they aren't right for you. What the fuck are you talking about? You treat me like shit, Saddam. I'm leaving you. I'm going up to Earth to rule alone. Alone. No. No, you can't do that. I'm sorry, but I have to be strong. Satan, please, give me another chance. I have to go to Earth. You don't even have respect for me. Ah, uh, sure I do, guys. Please, just hear me out. Some people say that I'm a bad guy. They may be right. They may be right. But it's not as if I don't try. I just fuck up. Try as I might. But I can change. I can change. Check it out, I'm changing. My promises, I swear it. I'll open up my heart and I will share it. Any minutes now, I will be born again. Yes, I can change, I can change. 
Sandy little butthole. Hi, Satan! Don't be such a twit. Mother Teresa won't have shit on me. Just watch, just watch me change. Here I go, I'm changing. Here I go, I'm changing. This has the animations all crappy. You know, I wonder, I know he probably did, but I wonder what Saddam Hussein's reaction was when he saw that. Oh, he, he must, I just, I I just, I would love to know what his reaction, because I I know that um, Kim Jong-il, he (laughs) used to watch um, American stuff and he, I think he um, got a kick out of, uh, out of Team America making fun of him. But we're going to fucking kill you. You're not in a position to kill anyone, my red, white, and brew friend. Brew friend. Brew friend. So you're the bastard planning 9-11 times a thousand. No, you think so small. You see, I'm about to have an elaborate peace ceremony. And while all the world's most important people are distracted here, I will detonate the WMDs, which I have given to terrorists all around the globe. It will be 9-11 times 2,356. My God, that's... I don't even know what that is. Nobody dies. Heartless <laughs> bastard! Why would you do such a thing? Because then there will be barons. Barons. <laughs> I just want him to say fucking Eric Barron. Barron. Eric Barron. Never fly. Nope. Okay, Joe Manganello. Manganello, Manganjello, Manganjello. I'm gonna call you Joe Manganjello. Meningitis. Meningitis. It's hard enough. Sent from planet Gyron to conquer. No, I just want to hear him say fucking Eric Baldwin. Eric Baldwin. <laughs> you look about Eric Baldwin. It says Alec Baldwin on Tracy Morgan and Kim Jong Il. <laughs> oh God. Eric Baldwin. But anyways, <laughs> uh, look. You cannot go wrong with South Park. South Park is one of those, and we'll go like we'll just do the debate. It's one of those movies that you can continually watch. Yeah, it is quotable. I mean, you're still talking like Satan after all these years. Yep, you know, and, absolutely. And we're still we're still doing the uh, even though it's Team America stuff, but I mean, we're still <laughs> doing you know Terrence and Philip. Yeah, we're still talking about Cartman and the gang. They're still going strong after how many seasons? Fifteen. Uh, no, they're they're, yeah, they're. I think they're higher than that now. I think they're in seventeen now. <coughs> season twenty-two. Holy shit! They're at season twenty-two. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense because yeah, I mean, I've been watching them since ninety-seven, right? Yep. Um, I first heard. You know who I first heard about them from? I don't care. Brian Roenfeld and Bob Post when I was I'm at Bob Post when I was working at Mazda. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's quotable. Yes, absolutely. It's memorable. Absolutely. It's Blazing Saddles humor. Oh, yeah. You know, where, and it's watchable. <coughs> you, you're going to buy the DVD. You're going to buy the soundtracks. You know, you've seen it in the theaters. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I saw it in theaters. And, and you, you're still watching. 
you're still watching it like it's, it's just like The Simpsons. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's I think it's funnier than The Simpsons. It also set the bar really high for the show, and like every time I watch the, that movie, it's like I, I wish the show could reach that level of how because that movie the movie is is consistently funny. I mean, there's a little bit of slowdown near the end with the old, you know, bleh. <laughs> yeah. But then it picks right back up again with the Barbra Streisand, right? So um, it's it just, yeah, it's fucking movie. It's it just, yeah, it set the bar really high for the show. And the show was, it, the first, few, like, six seasons are fucking Spit awesome. Spit it out with your stumble bum mouth. But it's still so good that that, uh, that I don't think the show can match it. I don't. The show matches it uh, every week. I don't think it does. Absolutely. Because the show goes in different directions. It usually does, deals with social issues and political That's why commentary. I think the show is better than the movie. Okay. Because every week you get something different. Now, has all, have all of their episodes been great? No. But Let me it just just like with Family Guy or, or, yeah. or with The Simpsons or Futurama or Archer or whatever else that's out there animated, you know, this is still, this is still just as funny as it was 20 years ago. In fact, I think it's more funny now because they can get away with more shit. Yeah. You know, and how many times can Cartman say shit on TV the first time you saw that? Yeah, the episode, uh, it hits the fan uh, 62 times. Yeah, and then, of course, you would memorize that. You can't memorize fucking simple shit like people's names, but you can memorize 62 times. Yep. I'm I'm not, I'm not making a joke that you can't memorize people's names. That's just that's a normal. We can't memorize normal people's names, but Joe can memorize fucking how many times Cartman said shit. Yeah, weird fucking memory, dude. Yeah. Um and then you have you have things like uh uh Towley and you know. Yeah. Uh the you know Mr. Hanky. <laughs> I've got it, Mr. Hanky. Gosh, you're smelling nice and flowery. <laughs> and then and, and on top of that, you have a whole bunch of other shit, which is, I mean, that movie set the bar for how good they're doing now. You know, unfortunately, the, the lady that played Sheila Broflowski killed herself. Yeah. But the actor that took over for her, has been doing a great job. I don't think she's as no, she's not as good, but yeah, as, yeah. It, it's not. It's not just as good as Jewish. It's not just Jewish. It's as uh, fucking venomous, mm-hmm. as venomous as as the the lady that played Sheila Broflowski prior. Yeah, I mean, it's you can hear it in her voice. She she really just had it down. Like I didn't know she killed evil. herself. That was... Yeah, ate a bullet. Fuck, unfortunately. And they didn't know how they were going to handle it, and they was like, "We we're just going to have to recast it, unfortunately, because that character is important to to hey. the story." Hey, they could have turned her into a pedophile and dropped her off a mountain, and then had a bear and a fucking lion rip her apart. Yeah, but they but Scientology didn't get involved with you know the lady killing herself. That was the difference. <laughs> and and that's the other thing. They don't cave to anybody. They're not they're they're not part yeah. of the Screen Actors Guild or AFTRA. You know, and a lot of people won't do their TV show. That's why they do all the voices. Yeah, because it's it's not a it's not a SAG regulated. They're not thing. part of the union. Yeah, and <laughs> and they refuse to be part of the union. And everybody that isn't part of the union that works on that works non union stuff, like they'll bitch and moan about don't work non union, don't work non union. Oh, I'm gonna go work on South Park. Oh, that's awesome. You know. Yeah. South Park. South Park. South Park. Yeah, so South Park is a non-union show, and um, uh, 
Um, why is why is not shy? Why is South Park a non-union show? Um, well, let's just look. This is from February 2004, and um, uh, it's vital that you stay here. This is a Comedy Central animated TV show series, South Park is engaged in recasting. SAG members are instructed, in accordance with na- previous national board directives, not to audition or accept employment on the series. South Park is not, a, is not covered by any SAG agreement, and its producers are not providing SAG wages, benefits, and conditions of employment. Please do not accept any employment or renew any contract unless you have confirmed with SAG that the show's status has changed. It is vital that you stay in good standing with your union. Please be advised that employment on South Park would currently be sub, would currently subject a SAG member to a Rule One violation. Here's the full text. Now, I, I, did you ever think that Feruza Balk was attractive? Yes, always have. She had moments. She had like this white. She t- had, like she's dead. Well, you never see her. She's, I never see her. She's. She, we did we not just talk about her last week? No. Not at all. I don't recall talking about her ever. Who did I talk to about Firuza Balk? Well, me. She's got like a white trash hotness to her at times. We literally, I thought we literally just talked about her. No, maybe you talked to someone at your at your store about it, dude. Because I was, that's weird. I was just looking up, Fy, I, I saw a thing on Firuza Balk. Oops. On, on, yeah, it, it may have been. Big Vanacourt is the devil. <clears throat> so, um... Anyways, uh, let's see. <laughs> Foodball is the devil. Depiction of Steve Irwin. Muhammad Mormonism. Mm-hmm. The whole Muhammad thing was funny, but... Oh, shit. Dodgers won. Home run. Boom! In the 10th inning. Fuck yeah. Good job. I don't know if it was worthy of a Gatorade fucking dousing, but okay. <laughs> Did that mean they made the playoffs? Because I don't think it does. <laughs> but that is still badass. Yeah, well, come back to me when they win the fucking... Series. I knew so come come I back knew to me when they when they hit a wild card. I knew you were going to see something negative. You always fucking do. No, I didn't say anything negative. I said, come back to me when they hit the wild card. I love baseball, but... Here's a replay. It's a good hit. Oh, yeah. It was solid. Boom. Yeah. You got a fucking hole in that one. <laughs> um, I'm, try- <laughs> I'm trying to find why uh, South Park refuses to be part of SAG, but um, I can't see... Uh, I don't see anything here. It doesn't make any sense. Why is... Because Trey Parker and Matt Stone are nonconformists? I don't know. <laughs> Why is South Park not part of Detroit? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> like, I was just looking at why is South Park not part of SAG. Um, uh, I wonder if that's why. That's part of why. Because, I mean, it's... So Trey Parker, when they, when they were doing that, obviously everybody knows the story of South Park was... You know, it was a pilot that was made on three hundred thousand dollars, but that wasn't the reason. I mean, they made a they made stop motion thing for somebody as a as like a holiday gift card or something like that. It was mm-hmm. Santa, right? Yeah. And then let's see. Um, I guess he tried to. They tried. Oh, um, yeah. Here it is. Uh, Brian Graydon who was at Fox, cut Parker and Stone a personal check of a few thousand dollars to produce a video greeting card he could deliver to friends. The film would be a sequel to their earlier short, Jesus vs. Frosty. Hmm. Graydon sent the film on a VHS to several industry executives in Hollywood, 
Uh, some digitized the clip and put it on the internet where it became one of the first viral videos. As Jesus' first Santa became more popular, Parker and Stone began talks of developing the short into his television series. Fox refused to pick up the series, not wanting to air a show that included the character Mr. Hankey, a talking piece of shit. The two were initially skeptical of possible television deals, noting that previous endeavors had not turned out successful. The two then entered negotiations with MTV and Comedy Central. Parker preferred the show be produced by Comedy Central, fearing that MTV would turn it into a kid's show. Um, and then there we go. He's not a talking piece of shit. He's a talking Christmas poo. Ugh, whatever. Suck it. <laughs> um, I just I, w- behind I don't teeth. understand. I, I, I'm going to have to find a, a, a whatever. That's my bush. I totally forgot that they did that. I still haven't seen um, uh, Orgasmo. Really? Yeah, still mm-hmm. haven't seen it. You're a douche. I it just uh, I, the one time I had an opportunity to see it, I ended up putting off watching it, and then now I never see it available. All right. So, anyways, I mean, if you haven't seen this, then you know, fie, fie on you. Oh yeah, dude, this is this is a must see. This is absolute must see. I have to watch this movie at least once a year. Yeah, it fits all the criteria, man. All of it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I mean, I don't have anything more to add to this. It's fucking, it's South Park. It's bigger, longer, and uncut. I mean, what do you want me to do? Talk about the giraffe? It's a dying giraffe. You know, or or the fact that the, the kid that they need to get them into the USO thing is is a, is is French and has a fucking, it, it talks with a you know sailor mouth. And he hates God. And he hates God, you know. What do you say? Did, fucking faggot God. Yeah, did, did, what do you say? Did... Did God have mercy on me when he stabbed me in the heart with a coat hanger? When my mother stabbed me in the heart, stabbed me in the womb with a coat hanger? Yeah. You know, like, Jesus, dude, that's fucking <laughs> dark. You know, and then he dies, of course, you know. <laughs> I hate fucking thugs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sheet, sheet. And then, you know, of course he has to have a French accent because he's part of La Resistance. Yeah. You know, and then Wendy, who, you know, is all in love with this fucking yeah. blonde-haired kid who's... You know, political and whatnot, and stands like you know. I wonder if I could be political too. There's the girl that I like. I hope that I can be political too. Yeah, and then you know, hi, hi, Stan. Blah, you. Who are you? I'm the clitoris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go and do your thing. The biggest clitoris. Where are you? Ever. That's not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I need you guys to help me find the clitoris. Is that like finding Jesus or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, again, we're just quoting it. It's, oh, dude, how would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? Yeah. I, I, all of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry, how sorry. would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? <laughs> well, what, what did you say? <laughs> Shut up, you fucking Jew. I mean, it just <laughs> goes on and on. Fuck, you can't say the word fuck, you fucking Jew. You fucking fat ass. Yeah. Why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah. Eric! <laughs> Stan! Big, see, say big floppy donkey dong. Mm. I don't want him. It's okay, honey. <laughs> see, the child no longer wants to swear. Yeah. <laughs> Is it okay, you sent the pigeons? <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it goes on. God damn it, this fucking movie is just wonderful. It is, it is absolutely wonderful. I mean, wh- I mean, what else would Brian Boitano do? You should have just ended it right there. Yes, what would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> when he was fighting Chris Lee There's, I mean, 
<laughs> there's there's Weezy, a whole lot. These are people gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Darky. Operation Get Behind the Dog in My Ass. <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun. That was get Bill Gates in here. Yeah. Fucking Windows ninety eight. Like I, I wonder how they can get away with those. Say they have Chef Aid. Mm-hmm. They have you know chocolate salty balls. It's yeah. the stick of truth. He um, performed that on um on a talk show. I think the the late show. Um, the National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers broadcast broadcast syndication rights to South Park were sold in two thousand and three. Like, dude, who's I, showing it? Other than Comedy Central. After 10 p.m., right? I, I don't fucking know. I, I don't see how anyone would be able to. You'd have to edit so much out of that that it would be pointless to watch. Dude, they cut a 50-50 joint venture with Comedy Central on all revenue not related to television. This includes digital rights as well as soundtracks, T-shirts, and other merchandise. That's a fucking ass load of money, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, these guys are fucking great. Look, they've, they've, they've gone from whatever they were doing to this. And basically, it's like, okay, we're just going to make people out of construction paper. Yeah. You know, and then animate their mouths and then do stupid, do stupid voices. Yeah. And make fun of Santa Claus and Jesus and left wing nuts and right wing nuts and all this other shit. Yep. Let's just do it. And they, and they did. And it fucking kills. It, it kills every goddamn year. And then they did the Book of Mormon as well, which I hear gets rants and raves. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. Dude, great fucking show. Great movie. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Ready to do this? Bye. What would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> I don't know. Something to Kubicon. There you go.